0: I've had women come out reading this and saying, I'm starting to talk to God. I'm starting to trust God. I never knew how to hear God, but you made it so simple. I was doing what you did. I felt God's presence. I'm seeing a difference in my life and in my walk.
1: This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and today, Wendy Basley Roche joins me. She is an author and speaker. She recently retired from a successful career as vice president of business operations in the healthcare industry. Uh, Wendy has uh, written a book called Unbroken, a true story of hope in starting over. And Wendy, I understand that you do have something to start over from. Could you tell us something about your story?
0: Yes. Thank you, Chris. So, I, I'm Broken" is a story about going from my world completely crashing down, losing uh, a, a husband, a marriage, a children for a moment, a job, a community, everything uh, that life's about, just came crashing down with one phone call and so unbroken is a story not just about the horrific story that happened that took everything down but i wrote unbroken to tell what god can do in the midst of everything being swept away god can rebuild and he can rebuild bigger and better than we could ever imagine
1: Well, amen to that. And you are based in uh, California, and you've also had some training in lay counseling. I understand that this book is being used in uh, churches, in women's ministries, in women's shelters, and so forth, and it's getting uh, a lot of good feedback.
0: Oh, thank you, Chris. Well, you know, the Lord had put it on my heart that I was to write this story, And it's not a book that's like other books necessarily. Uh, it is a true story and there's a lot of true stories out there, but the focus is not so much about me. I hope as about what God can do. And so women are reading this book, um, women who are in shelters, women who have lost everything, they can relate to my story because they've lost something somewhere along the way a person, a place, a home, a family, um, just devastation hitting them. And they can relate to the different episodes that I share through. And they can find the hope that I found because literally this book was written to where the reader gets in my shoes and walks through with me and discovers with me. And I've had women come out reading this and saying, I'm starting to talk to God. I'm starting to trust God. I never knew how to hear God, but you made it so simple. I was doing what you did. I felt God's presence. I'm seeing a difference in my life and in my walk. So um, so these women are reading this book and they're actually opening up about secrets and pain that has kept them in bondage. And I love that they're doing it in an open setting with each other in a safe place with a group of women who not only can read through the story and discuss the issues in it and how they apply to their own lives, but they're able to pray with each other. They're able to encourage each other and believe me in my story, I needed others to give me encouragement and hope in my times of despair. And so, this book really brings the opportunity in a group setting to actually share the intimate, the deep secrets and pains and let God come in and heal their hearts. So, we're just seeing wonderful results with the women.
1: Oh, that's excellent. So, looking at your story, Wendy, could you tell us exactly what happened when you got that phone call?
0: Yes, so uh, I received a phone call um, that told me that my daughter had been sexually abused and raped multiple times by multiple men for six years Mm -hmm. and without my knowing. It was her stepfather. And I also found out that she had been threatened, that if she told, that I would end my life. So let me back up for a moment and tell you something. I grew up in a home that went to church, and I grew up in a a situation where I had a head knowledge of God, but I didn't have a heart knowledge of God. And when I was a teenager, I was raped and and beaten by a music minister's son. And I swore I would never walk in a church again. And I didn't for 18 years.
1: And no one could blame you.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Oh I had reason, right? I had lots of reason to, to feel so strongly. But when I received that phone call, and my world came crashing down, and I found out that she had kept it a secret that I might end my life, I had to look at everything that brought me to that point. And what I looked back and saw was a scared, insecure, broken woman who was trying so hard to do life on her own and who didn't believe there was a God that loved her who just had a head knowledge of a God up there that had a, was an ogre and that was just waiting to slap me if I made a mistake. And all the things that went wrong, you know, was just I wasn't good enough. I didn't deserve good. And I went through a battle after battle. And this was a stepfather who had done this abuse. But, you know, to me, he was Mr. Wonderful. Uh, my children's father had left when they were young. And I was a single mom and Mr. Wonderful came along and treated me like a queen. And so I thought I had my world finally put in place. I finally had it right, only to find out that it was worse than I could ever imagine. Well, in that moment, when I got that phone call and went through this reflection, I immediately recalled just a few weeks earlier feeling like I was going so crazy because there'd been an unsettledness in me for, for months, but I had no idea what was causing it. But at that moment, a few weeks earlier, I had screamed out at the top of my lungs, help me God. Because at that moment, I didn't think there was anything bigger than my problem except possibly God. And why did I scream out to him when? I felt like he really wasn't there. Well, it was my only hope. It was my last hope. And I can understand why my daughter thought I might end my life and be told that because I was so insecure and such a broken woman, always trying to put on a facade that everything was good. Well, lo and behold, an unraveling of events took place over those few weeks that were just an amazing amount of events that I tell in the story. And I could see that God was literally answering my cry for help by allowing circumstances to arrive that allowed my daughter to tell and for this, this secret to be revealed and for freedom to come over her life and over my son and I because we were living in a secretive bondage and didn't even know it. Well, when I realized God's hand was over all the circumstances, I I tell in my story how over and over again, he revealed his love over and over again. And we, our lives were rebuilt and I was convinced, but it took a while. because I didn't believe I was worthy to be loved. It took a while, I admit, but he truly taught me that I am loved, That he does hear. And the great part is, God is no respecter of persons. Anyone who calls out to the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who believes in their heart and cries out to him, he hears and he answers. And it's proven over and over again in the New Testament as I read Jesus's life, Everyone who came up and asked for help, he never turned them away. And that's the God that we have today.
1: (laughs) Yes, he's a redeeming God. How did he go about putting you all back together again after all this? And perhaps this touches on the cover of your book, Unbroken, which has a mosaic vase with all the pieces of glass intact.
0: Yes. You know, that vase represents what God can do with us. You see, there were so many events in my life that shattered and broke me. And, you know, we still are confronted with circumstances in our world that can be frightening and shattering. But the Lord showed me that no matter how broken or shattered I am, His love is the mortar that puts me back together. And he demonstrated that in prayer one day to me. He showed me as I was in prayer saying, how could you use me, God? Because, yes, you have healed my heart. You have taken me on this amazing journey. And I am so filled with just love and appreciation. And I want to bring that hope and encouragement to others. But who would listen to me? I'm just a person. You know, I I have a terrible past. Who would even want to hear what I had to say? And in that time of prayer, I had my eyes closed, and I literally saw myself standing there with a tile in my hand. And on that tile said, your parents divorced when you were six. And the tile slipped to the floor and crashed. And then another tile showed up. You were abused on the schoolyard. And that slipped to the floor and crashed. And another tile and another tile. And all these circumstances that had brought me to this broken point were on each tile that slipped to the floor and crashed. And I literally looked down at this pile and said, See, Lord, that's me, broken. How can you use that? And I literally, in prayer, just saw his hands reach down, pick up every piece, and make a mosaic of vessel. And he did. He said, My love's the mortar that puts you back together. And not just back together, but to fill you up with my love, to pour you out to overflowing on others. That's what I can do with your brokenness.
1: That's wonderful. Now, how did you deal with forgiveness during this time? Did you have to forgive yourself as well as other people?
0: That's a good question, because you know what? This was one of the first things I share in my story. As I'm going through the catastrophe, finding out the news, not you know just just everything stripped away and running in fear, I saw God's hand answering my cry and orchestrating events that brought hope and healing and victory. And in that moment, I realized I did not do anything to deserve it. I did not do anything to deserve God answering my cry or loving on me. I had ignored him. And then it dawned on me. He is loving on me when I didn't deserve it. Perhaps there are those who I don't feel deserve it, that I could love, but it doesn't mean that what happened was okay. And it doesn't mean I would put myself in an unhealthy position again. There's healthy boundaries to take, but my heart had the chance to heal because of God's love and God loving me when I didn't deserve it. I actually tell a little episode in in the story of the fact that I was um, pretty much separating myself from my mother. I was upset at her for a choice she made. I thought she was wrong, and I literally avoided her for seven years.
1: That's well, a long time. Well, this
0: catastrophe, yeah, it was <laughs> <that's> a <laughs> long time. And I felt justified, right? Mm. Uh, and so when this catastrophe happened, she showed up, and she wanted to love on me, and she wanted to help me, and she wanted to be there. And I literally fell apart inside because I thought, she is not right. She's wrong, and I can't handle the thought of her seeing me wrong. Oh, boy, did that hurt. I told her to leave, but in actuality, she was praying. She was asking God to give her the strength to be there for me, and she was, and she, she remained there for me, and I needed her desperately in actuality. But the Lord just showed me, and I tell how it happened, but she, the Lord just showed me how to forgive does not mean that what happened was okay. Maybe what happened is not okay from my daughter's situation, the person who violated her, you know what, that's a hard one to forgive.
1: (laughs) That's a real hard one
0: to forgive. Um, And I had to separate the fact that, you know, that person, whether you forgive or not, that other person may never know if you do or not. It's not about them. It's about you and your heart. And you know god's love cannot be in our heart if anger and resentment are stuck in there there's no room for the love it it has to override and take its place and i realized as god loved me when i was broken so i could love a child of god not love what they did not necessarily invite them back into an environment that could be unhealthy for me but i can rip up the iou because basically that's what's happening when somebody does something against you or hurts you you feel they owe you and there's a bitterness that can grow and it's up to us to choose to pull that bitterness out lay it at jesus's feet and ask him to replace it with his love his mercy and his grace
1: a lot of people misunderstand forgiveness don't they And especially especially in something (laughs) so volatile as this. I mean, this is really difficult circumstances. So how can you help people? I understand that you've been through some lay counseling with Saddleback Church. Uh, How did you learn how to help people in this situation or dealing with forgiving difficult things?
0: I think, you know, one of the first things that is imperative is to actually acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I, f- I found um, that myself and others that I've talked to, we have a habit of stuffing the pain so far down um, and putting on a facade that all is okay that it doesn't have a chance to, to heal. And it's got roots and it will grow. You know, bitterness grows and it and it even shows up in our health and in 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 relationships. It shows up in so many places. So acknowledging that we all are broken and God is the un in our broken. He's the hope and the help. And by acknowledging that there's been painful things that have been done to you, done to those you love, there's been painful things you've done and you've said, when you realize How broken all of us are, you can start dealing with those broken issues. And so, you know, my book was written with, I put a lot of information that people have said, wow, it's raw and it's real. But I wanted people to identify with the fact that I understand where they're at because I've been there and I share those experiences and I share those feelings. People want to feel understood. And once they feel understood, it's easier for them to accept help. Um, many times we're so afraid of being judged that or condemned that we hide things inside and don't let them out so they can heal. Um, sexual abuse is one that has always been a secret. Nobody talks about it. And I'll tell you, as the person who is abused, unfortunately, most of the time, you feel like you're the one whose fault it is. You somehow instigated it, initiated it, participated, whether by force or not. The fact is there's a guilt and a shame that can lay on a person, and the thought of being condemned or looked down upon is overwhelming. So when you get people that are broken into the same environment, in a safe place, and you, you can bring out the fact that, yeah, we're broken, And here's what happened. How do we heal from it? Invite Jesus into that. You know, it's like an onion. You peel one layer off and then another and another. And healing is a process, and it goes deeper and deeper. So really bringing people into a safe place without condemnation. You know, after my book was written, I was doing some research on another project the Lord has me on. And I noticed that in three years' time, Celebrate Recovery, that was started by Rick Warren, that, you know, it's to help people through addictions, hurts and hang-ups and habits.
1: Sort of like like an AA-type program.
0: Kind of, yeah, but but Christ-centered. Yes. um, Really seeking Christ for our hope and healing. So I was doing some research, and I saw that there were about 16,000 places in the US that were offering it, three years later, it had gone to 33,000. Okay, so that was a couple years ago. So it's much more now. But what I'm saying is, it's spreading like wildfire because there is so much need. And people need to be in a place that feels safe, where they know that they can not be condemned, but understood and brought to encouragement and hope and healing. You know, people are hurting they want hope. They just don't know where to find it. And uh, the Lord just loved on me and opened my eyes. I had sworn I'd never go into a church again, and I didn't for 18 years. But you know what? <laughs> After feeling his love constant for a few months, I got invited to church, and I went. And you know what? I never wanted to leave because it was full of God's love, worship music, pulling my heartstrings So people that are hurting need hope, and they need a safe place.
1: Sometimes all it takes is is an invitation to church to get someone started back in.
0: Yes, it's really an invitation to love, God's love.
1: Yes, yes, that's what you experienced there. Now, your book is very, as you say, raw, but authentic, open. You've told your story here. Now tell us about the Unbroken Hope necklace ministry
0: yes yeah. well it's funny how it started i was going to be speaking at the hope house in northern california to women who they and their children were starting life over and going into a program that literally launches them from nothing to something and as i was preparing to go talk to them i asked the lord what can i leave with them that will stick something that will stay with them when I'm, when I leave. And the Lord just gave me this in a, in prayer time, a picture of the unbroken necklace of the mosaic pieces put into a locket uh, and made into a necklace. And so what happened is I went up there and I shared with them. And as I shared with them, they made their own unbroken hope necklace. And it was so healing because and there's an amazing thing when you do mosaics, you know, you've got your broken pieces and they're sharp on the edge. And that's what happens to us. You know, we get hurt and broken and we're sharp on the edge to others around us many times. And so they put those broken pieces in the locket and they glue them in and that's, you know, they seal them in. And sometimes our brokenness can be sealed in so tight that we're hard to budge and we you know we're raw on the edges to others but then God's love is the mortar and they put that mortar on top of the broken pieces and i don't know if you've done mosaics but you literally have to cover everything with the mortar before you start wiping it off and polishing out every little piece and making it shine and that is what god does with us he pours his love on if we will choose to ask him to come into our life and he will answer and he will pour his love on and then he will gently, ever so gently rub out and smooth off the surface until each broken piece comes through shining. But the edges are no longer rough or sharp. They're covered in his love and we're smoothed out and we're just a beautiful new thing that god's created so those necklaces were created to just be a visual reminder and um, i've had the pleasure of going and speaking to many women and letting them make up and i'm amazed because every woman comes up and says this piece represents this person in my life and this piece is this circumstance and every woman who makes a necklace has their own story of what that represents. And they walk away knowing God's love. They've given it to the Lord because that's something we talk about. We take those broken pieces and we lay them at Jesus's feet. We give them to the Lord and we ask him to replace it with his love and with his promises. And so, you know, I even tell him the story about, you know, what do you want to wear? Do you want to put on um, the coat? that is weighed down with all the labels that have been given to you in your life or do you want to put on god's promise pants do you want to walk in his word and in his promises the ones that define who he says you are i found myself many times saying god who am i to you i know what that person just said i was but who do you say i am um and you know what, you can replace the lives of the enemy that wanna kill, still and destroy you. And you can replace them with God's word and promises and who he says you are and why he died on the cross for you. So it's a great yes. it's a great experience.
1: <laughs> well praise the Lord for that. I mean he does make all things new. So, would you mind closing us out in prayer? I'm sure there's some of our listeners who've been through some of the same type of things that you've been through. Would you mind praying for them?
0: Yes, I'd be happy to. Dear Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord God, I'm reminded of the little note that I wrote after all my world was shaken that said, All I want in life is a cup of coffee with a sight of job and a little house for dessert. Well, Lord, I know that there are listeners out there who have lost, who are in pain, who have been brutalized by life's events and feel shattered. And I ask that you would come now and pour your love over them, that you would encapsulate Every circumstance, relationship, everything, Lord, that is not of you, would you cover it with you and with your love? Father God, you are a God of love. You are compassionate. Your love is unfailing. Lord God, we have learned on earth that trusting is dangerous. But Lord, you have showed us that we can trust in you, because, Lord, you have shown over and over again that you are trustworthy. You are the one who meets our needs. So I ask every listener, every broken heart and every wounded knee, Lord, that you would mend, that you would pour over them, that you would open their eyes to see who you are, that you are their provider that you are their protector, that you are fighting for them. Lord, I pray that you would stir their hearts to seek you. You said that if we seek you, we will find you when we seek you with all our hearts. So God, bless these listeners now that you would even stir their hearts and open their eyes to see you, open their ears to hear the truth. Father God, The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy hope and lives, but you came that we could have life abundant and have it to the full. So I ask that you would fill every listener's life with hope, with your love, with your undying, gracious, faithful mercy and grace. Lord, let them see your word in your In the Bible let them see and hear your words of promise to their own hearts to their own stories and I pray that freedom would fall upon the hearts and lives of these listeners give them freedom in you Lord you said that the truth sets us free and your truth is good all good things come from you Lord thank you praise you we put our brokenness before you we ask that you replace it with your love with your promises and your words and your goodness and we thank you for the holy spirit who will guide and direct us all the days of our life we graciously praise you and thank you in jesus holy name amen
1: and i say amen to that beautiful prayer wendy And we want to point people to your website for more information about you and about the book, so that would be unbrokenhope.com, correct? Yes. Okay, excellent. Wendy Baisley Roche, thank you very much for joining us here today on Charisma Connection.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was truly a pleasure. God bless you.
1: Thank you, and you too. And the book is called Unbroken, A True Story of Hope and Starting Over. Once again, the website unbrokenhope.com. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit with Wendy Baisley Roche here on Charisma Connection.
0: This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN.